It is your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to have everybody back for another day. Big show coming up was over at Gopher Women's Basketball Media Access on Monday. They introduced new head coach Don Plitzelwipe to the uh, assembled media, to fans um, up in their uh, nice new, newish practice facility in the, in the Athletes' Village. And was really struck by a lot of different things. Had a chance to talk to a lot of different people. So I'm going to play some, uh, play a lot of clips from um, from Don Plitzelwhite herself from that introductory news conference. Um, bring on Kent Youngblood for a little while. Of course, covers the Gophers women's basketball team for the Star Tribune. Um, chatted with Mark Coyle, athletic director from the Gophers, for a little bit after the news conference was over. So I want to play a little bit of that for you. Talk to. Uh, Rachel Bannum, former Gophers great while I was there. So I'll play a little bit of that for you. And I've got a little audio of Mara Braun as well. Um, standout Gophers women's basketball player who decided to stay through the coaching change from Lindsey Whalen to Don Plitzelwhite. So a lot of coverage coming up of that. Big hire by the U. Uh, big change over there in that program. But I thought a pretty impressive overall first day, first impression for the new head coach, Don Plitzowitz. So we'll spend a lot of time on that here in a little bit. Got some Vikings thoughts that I'll share towards the end of the show. Um, already got through some of those on the Access Vikings podcast that went live on Monday, but still thinking about a few extra things there. First, though, what did I miss? I'll start with the Timberwolves. I mean, I had we had Patrick Royce on Monday's show talking about just, you know, everything was everything's over. We've done this probably like five times this year, right? Everything's over. Everything's done. Um, two two losses in a row. Cat's still not back, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, Anthony Edwards out for a second consecutive game um, and almost all of the last three games because he hurt that ankle early in that loss to the Bulls a few games ago. They lost those first two. They're falling fast in the Western Conference playoff race. And now they're playing the Red Hot Knicks in New York. You're thinking, okay, here comes here comes the big slide. They're going to lose a whole bunch of games at the end of the year, and that's going to be curtains for their playoff hopes. Well, um, Torian Prince had another thought about that. Makes all of his three-point attempts, all eight three-point attempts, scores 35 points for the Wolves in a 140-134 to win over the Knicks. Again, not something that's going to solve all of their problems, but my goodness, they get the win in New York, and all of a sudden you look at the playoff standings, and they're un- they're unbelievable, by the way. Those playoff standings are unreal. Um, in the Western Conference, the uh, the four through twelve seeds separated by just four games, and the six through twelve seeds separated by just two games. The Wolves kind of in that muddled middle pack, technically eighth right now but only by you know fractions of a percentage point over the thunder and the jazz so they need to uh, they need to keep winning if they would have lost that game they would have tumbled all the way down into uh like 11th or 12th in the conference so instead of that they are still sitting technically eighth just a half game behind the mavericks just a game behind the warriors the clippers start to put a tiny bit of distance between themselves and some other teams, they're two and a half up on the Wolves now, but still, you know, very much within striking distance of that sixth seed, which gets you into the playoffs automatically, helps you, you know, helps you skip the line, don't, don't have to go into the play-in. 
but also you know perilously close, just right there, same same loss column as the number twelve and number eleven seed Pelicans and Lakers. So can't afford any slip up. So in this game, without again like without their two best scorers coming into the year, no doubt about it, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, they managed to put up hundred and forty points, withstand fifty seven points from Julius Randle in this game. 57 points from Julius Randle for the Knicks. So just a huge win. Chris Finch, Wolves head coach, talked about the win with reporters after the game. Super proud of the guys. You know, it's been a hard week in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of a lot of adversity. Um, you know, I thought we came out, set the tone, really played well, um, survived, you know, the Randle, unbelievable hot hand, survived getting down, you know, just kept making – all the right plays, small plays, uh, right passes. Um, you know, got great contributions from everybody up and down the roster um, who went in the game. So, you know, and then obviously we made, played well and smart down the stretch and made enough, you know, really good plays. Kyle Anderson, the huge rebound, you know. So there's been several, but, you know, this is, this, we needed this one right now today. Like, this is uh, huge for us, you know. Um, absolutely, you know, no matter what's happening around the league, we keep preaching, like, all that's, you know, whether results go for you or against you, the only thing that matters is you continue to help yourself, and we needed to do that tonight. Um, and, you know, the guys been a pretty resilient, resilient group all year. So it's just an absolutely critical and unexpected win for the Wolves. Would not have expected them to put up 140 without those players. Would not have expected them to beat the Knicks, who have been one of the hottest teams in the NBA, led, of course, by former Wolves coach Tom Thibodeau. So, Staying around, staying in that race, and they need to. Again, nine games left in this regular season. A whole bunch of huge ones coming up. We've got a home game against the Hawks uh, pretty soon, so that, that's their next game uh, coming up here in just in just a couple days. That that next one is tomorrow night. Then they've got a little bit of a gap. They don't play again until Sunday in Golden State. So they got Golden State, Sacramento, uh, the Lakers, the Blazers, the Pelicans, um, especially those games against the Pelicans, Lakers, and Warriors. Those are going to be the games against the teams right around them in the standings that are probably going to determine their fate. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make the play-in? Or are they going to be completely left out? A lot of questions to answer, but they will get resolved head-to-head in a lot of cases in those final nine games. Now, will they have Carl Anthony Towns for any of that time? Chris Hine, our Chris Hine asking Chris Finch about that before the game, said, on Towns' potential return, quote, feels really, really close. That's all I can tell you. He's looking good. So that is maybe a little bit more progress than we've expected. Now, Carl Anthony Towns did talk to The Athletic recently. I think that article came out on Monday. <clears throat> a little bit of an interesting contradiction that I found in that. Towns talking about why it's taken so long to get back, the frustrations. Towns saying he had a, quote, major setback in his recovery in late January. Now, there's been a picture of him watching the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, not the Super Bowl, the playoffs, uh, watching his Eagles in the playoffs, and he had a walking boot on his right foot uh, in that picture that he posted uh, of him watching the game. So that was January 29th. He said he had a major setback, and that's why he had that boot on, and that's what cost him some time here, you know, almost two months between then and now. But on January 30th, Wolves coach Chris Finch was asked about that, um, about that picture. This is a Dane Moore tweet saying, uh, Chris Finch uh, Chris Finch said there have been no setbacks at all, all part of the process when he was asked about Towns' calf injury. So I don't know quite what to make of that piece of it. 
Um, whether that was really a setback, whether that was just part of the process, whether it was a long healing process, things like that. Um, probably the most important thing right now is Finch saying that Towns looks really good, that he's really, really close to coming back. That's the strongest indication that we've had at all that this is getting to a point where he might actually get back on the court. And they can obviously use him, especially if he is going to be anywhere near what he has been in the past. And we'll have to see about that. But anything he can give them down the stretch, and obviously anything he can give them in the postseason would be a huge boost to their fortunes. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Like I said at the jump, we're going to spend a lot of time now talking about Gophers women's basketball. They introduced new head coach Don Plitzewhite on Monday. She was there with a lot of family. Um, a lot of players for the Gophers were there, and I thought it was interesting. I was seated kind of directly across from uh, several of their top players, including a lot of their top freshmen from this past year, uh, Mallory Heyer, uh, Mara Braun, uh, Maya Battle. They were, they were sitting right there, and I was kind of watching their expressions as – uh, as things were going on in, in, the, in the news conference, watching them kind of nodding their heads, smiling sometimes, it's kind of like watching them engage with what uh, with what Don Plitzwhite was saying. And, of course, they've met with her already. They've met with her, I think, believe, for the first time Saturday. Amara Braun said they had dinner on Saturday night. Um, all of their parents were able to be there to meet her as well, so that was a good a good kind of uh, introduction. And they've, they, I think their first practice is going to be today, uh, no, no rest at all for for them. So, you know, interesting, interesting kind of times for them, for everybody involved. A, a lot of stress on the players. I think Mara Braun talked about that, and I'll play that clip in a little bit. But, you know, I think the one of the the big over one of the big tones of the day was trying to celebrate those young players. I think I think that was something Don Plitzwhite said a whole bunch. Um, just talking about the, the the resiliency they've shown, the dedication they've shown to this program, really trying to keep that core of players recruited, of course, by Lindsey Whalen and her staff, keep them intact, keep them happy, keep them focused on kind of the future of what they can become with the Gophers. And I thought that was pretty interesting and pretty important for the future of the program. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up for a little while because I want you to hear a little bit of what Don Plitzewhite said. So I'm just going to cut up a little bit of what she said. not going to play her entire you know, introductory news conference, but here are some of the highlights as I saw it. You know, why? Why Minnesota? Why here? Why now? Um, timing. Couldn't control the timing of it. Certainly not something we planned on in any way. But why Minnesota? And I think that's a great question. I think it's, you look at our academic reputation, our institution, and we, are, we have something that's really special. We have an opportunity to play in the Big Ten, the best conference in the country. We have an opportunity here to do something and recruit young ladies in our, in our backyard to build this, that, our, our, that they have an opportunity to stay close to home. Our fans have an opportunity to watch them grow throughout their high school careers and then into their college careers. We have a fan base here that, that loves women's basketball. There's a, a lot that's really, really special about that. Look at the Big Ten tournament and the crowds that we had right down the road. So certainly excited about that. And for me personally, it's an opportunity to come home. Well, first of all, 
they're incredible young ladies. And I think what's really special about them is that they have chosen to come to the U to represent themselves, their families, our program, you know, our athletic department, but the entire state of Minnesota in a lot of ways. There's a lot of, you can feel it when you're around them. And that, that makes this really, really special. And, and can we, what can we do? We're going to compete. Our first workout is tomorrow. We're going to compete in our first workout. And I know that they're excited about that. And what does that, what does that grow into? Well, only, that, that's the future. We don't know that yet. We're a precious present kind of team. We're going to live in the here and now. But I do believe that we have some young ladies who have proven that they can play at a very high level. You know, and now we've got to continue to just get better every day and see where that leads us. But we're really excited about it. I grew up on a farm in, in West Bend, Wisconsin. And so I think there's probably a lot of that, that building block that came from that mentality. You know, and, and so my sister and I can attest to this. We did all the work for our brother who really didn't do a lot. I hope he's watching too, just for the record. But there are times that you'd come home from school and you want to go hang out with your friends. You want to do all those things, but you have to do the job at hand first. You've got to bale the hay. You've got to put it in the barn. You've got to do all those things. And, that, so, and sometimes it wasn't convenient. A lot of times it certainly wasn't. But you had to find a way to get it done. And you, a lot of times things would break down, and you still had to get it in before the rain would come. And so I think a lot of that is just based upon how I've been raised and that, you know, you just you have to find a way to do it and get it done. When people ask, what is our style? What is our offense going to look like? Ultimately, it depends on our time together and working and growing and putting these young ladies in the best possible situation to be successful. So whether that's a four out one in motion, whether that's a three out two in, you know, whether it's a, whatever it is, whether that's a, a chin offense that runs into something else that runs into a motion offense, I don't know yet. It's going to depend on how we kind of come together and what that looks like. And that's kind of the fun of building all of this together too. So I would say, you know, defensively, I think it's really important that, that we continue to get better on the defensive end, limit opportunities. Everybody wants to run. That's fun. It's fun to play fast. Well, how do you play fast? you got to get stops. It's hard to play fast if you don't get stops. So you got to be really good on the defensive end first and foremost to be able to get out in transition and make things happen. And then when you're in transition, you want to take care of the basketball because there's nothing worse than you're playing fast, but you're giving it right back to the other team, and now you got to go back on defense and get another stop. So for us, it's a matter of we need to make sure that we're really good on the defensive end, and then we build into the offense after that. Okay, how do we plan our first practice? I think what's important for our young ladies, what's really important is for them to understand why we're going to do things. So instead of just setting up some cones and we're going to do some finishing drills and grab a pad, we'll show them some film. We'll show them some film of teams within the Big Ten and how, how they defend things or how we need to defend them. Defense will probably, probably won't be tomorrow, you guys. Just, it'll be offense tomorrow. You guys will be happy. You will love that. Offense is way more fun to practice at this time of the year. So I said that, but I didn't really mean that. It'll be offense. You know, but then we'll look at maybe how, how in the past our team here at Minnesota has, has attacked a certain type of, of a look defensively. And then we'll look at maybe how teams that I've coached have done that so they can see it, so they understand why they're doing it. And then we'll go out and hopefully we have some practice guys that can help us simulate some of those things and we can do that. So I think it's, it's important for, for young ladies to know why we're doing what we're doing rather than we're just going to drive from the top of the key and we're going to get to the basket and we're going to work on different finishes. So I think one thing that strikes me and I hope that strikes you when you hear that is this is someone coming in with a pretty good idea of 
what she wants to do. And I think Kent Youngblood will speak to that here in just a minute when I when I bring him on. But you know, here's a coach who's been doing this for a long time. She went straight from a pretty successful playing career uh, at Michigan Tech straight into being a coach at Michigan Tech. Um, you know, right after that, basically, she played until '95. She was an assistant coach at Michigan Tech. Right after that, moved from there to be an assistant at Green Bay. So '95 to '98 at Michigan Tech, '98 to 2002 at Green Bay. Straight from there to her first head coaching job at Grand Valley State, um, and from there um, goes to uh, goes to become an assistant coach at Michigan in the Big Ten. So she's got those Big Ten ties. She was at Michigan for five years then the head coach at Northern Kentucky, then the head coach at South Dakota, and then just the one year at West Virginia. And you heard you know, you heard her maybe address that a little bit yesterday, just kind of if you're nervous about her jumping ship, basically it sounded like this was just a better opportunity and a place that she really wanted to be. So I don't think this is someone who is going to keep climbing necessarily, but you, know, you never know about that. But um, I don't think she's going to be here for one year I think she's using this I think she went I think she ultimately wanted to get back to a job like this to coach in the Big Ten she is 50 years old now so you know an opportunity to do that but she has had a massively successful uh, run as a head coach just a just an unbelievable career record I believe now 365 and 141 I think counting that loss um, in the NCAA tournament with, with 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 West Virginia this year so that is you know winning you know, seventy percent to seventy-two percent of her games as a head coach um, is is pretty impressive, including a great run at South Dakota when she was one fifty-eight and thirty-five, including eighty-three and ten in conference play. And their best year, um, results-wise, uh, tournament-wise, was two thousand twenty-one, twenty-two when they went to the Sweet Sixteen. But they were thirty and two at South Dakota and uh, cruising towards a an NCAA tournament bid. Uh, of course, when COVID shut things down uh, before the tournament could start. So that's a pretty good resume for her and a pretty impressive kind of first impression, I thought. here's Let me bring now, though, in Kent Youngblood for some of his thoughts on it as well. All right, I'm joined now by Kent Youngblood, Star Tribune, Gopher women's basketball beat writer, did a great job throughout this whole process, broke the story of the new hire on Friday night, and uh, we covered that got confirmed on Saturday, introductory news conference Monday. Kent, uh, what, was your, what were your impressions overall of, of the day and, and the impression that uh, the new coach put on things? Well, I think that she, she's palpably energetic. She's a very energetic person, and she comes in here with a plan, a tried and true, over a decades really, plan. And we'll find out if it's the right plan. Don't, she, call, her old, don't call her old, though. She got on you yeah. once, or once already. But, I mean, she has a plan. And uh, I think that plan includes a lot of hard work. They're starting practice first thing tomorrow, I guess. Uh, No rest for anybody. But um, you could see that what we were seeing today was a veteran coach who is is used to and very comfortable in being the spokesman for a program. Yeah, I think that's that's a good, fair assessment of this. It seems like she's got some some charisma, some energy. I thought the the toughest questions she probably got asked were she left a program after one year and that's got to be a you know if she if she thinks of this as a destination more than just a step on the journey maybe that's less of a concern and she's 50 so I don't think she's got maybe a ton of other stops along the way but how, how do you think that plays out and for her well I think that um, I think this is probably some place she's wanted to be not necessarily in this particular place but in this region and if you're going to be in this region uh, you want to be in the Big Ten. This was a job that opened in the Big Ten with a 
returning group of talent that, while not complete, is significant. It's not an empty cupboard here. Um, having said that, I would imagine it was not an easy decision to do. You, you've talked to a lot of the players along the way who you know, said even before this hire got made that they were going to recommit to the state of this program. We heard from Mara Braun here t- today as well. Uh, what do you think, for, you know, from their perspective, not only staying, but a coach like this with a certain amount of pedigree, that has to help kind of reinforce that decision from their standpoint that, hey, you know, the, the coach who recruited us isn't here anymore, but what they're bringing in is, is someone who's pretty well accomplished. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, these are such young kids, and they have such a knack for saying the right thing, right? And doing the right thing, I guess, if you're an old-school person who yeah, yeah. cares about commitment, right? I mean, how, how often would something like this happen and everybody would scatter into the wind? But it's not all totally all you know altruistic because, as I think it was Nia who said, maybe it was Amaya, they're saying because they've gotten close as a group. And it's not like they were all going to go and go someplace as a group. I mean, they, they love the school, they want to change things, but they also love each other, and they didn't want to break up the group. As you think about that group and kind of the talent that they had, especially the freshman class, like what, what more, aside from just experience, can can be brought out of them now as, as sophomores, juniors, to kind of help them take that next step? Well, the most interesting thing that I heard today in terms of that was how one of the very first things she said is, we're going to take care of the ball. Yes, I heard that too. I heard that too. <laughs> and she looked at the players, if I'm not mistaken, as she said that. Um, this is going to be, uh, my sense is this will be a very disciplined team, and there will be, and there will be repercussions for not doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, having said that, they're going to have to add some players. They're going to get some experience with the transfer portal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a recruiter or two that was going to West Virginia might end up here. We don't know that. Sure. Makes sense. Um, they happens had a, all the time. They had a top 100 hoop girls kid out of uh, Wisconsin who was headed there. We'll see what happens there. Um, but they're going to have to rebuild their roster because they don't have a whole lot. And I guess one of the, she said that one of the recruiting class i think the kid from the czech republic might be having second thoughts about coming here so they're going to have to make some additions yeah absolutely but to your point i mean turnovers absolutely killed this team a lot last year you you would expect that somewhat from a young team like they just they're they're talented but maybe they get ahead of themselves sometimes but some of that too i imagine is coaching understanding like what you want to do when you get that when you are able to run and and play fast so it seems like she's got a plan for that yeah but the, the, the it wasn't just in transition that these turnovers came. These turnovers were, in, were, were start to finish, never ending every situation. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with a roster that had four freshmen playing big minutes. But uh, we'll see how much that changes next fall. Yeah, a couple more things, Kent. Um, you know, one of those things is, uh, you know, she got asked about expectations for next year, expectations going forward. I mean, what... What do you think are kind of the logical, not just short-term, but like you, you would think at some point like there's a lot of talented players here. There's a lot of talent in this state. Like they should be able to get this thing right at a certain point and, and build it to the point where they can contend to go to the tournament and beyond every year, right? They should. If I would, That's clearly the plan. Um, they have a history of coaching bigs. There's a talented big coming in Sophie who said, said that West Virginia was one of her top fives out of the portal, so they've had contact. This uh, coaching staff has proven it can, it can teach 
look what it did with Hannah Servan, who went from a kid who played 10 minutes as a freshman to an all-conference player. So I think this, I think this team will be well-schooled. Yeah. Last thing, I don't think you ever, like, judge everything off of a news conference, but I felt like this went pretty well. I feel like she, as a, as a first impression, I came away with a pretty good first impression of her. Yeah, you know, there were no revelations. There shouldn't be, though. There you probably know? wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, but that in itself is kind of, like, reassuring. Is that here, we hired a veteran coach. It's a veteran coach who has a plan, and we're going to run the plan. To paraphrase Denny Green, we're going to plan our work and <laughs> plan work our work our and work our plan. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no Calcutta Clippers that come through here too. Well, Ken, I appreciate it. You've done a great job covering the story from start to finish. Hopefully, you can get some rest now and not have to cover much for a while, at least till WNBA season. But uh, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. And here's the thing: I don't think you can underestimate the role of experience at any point in a head coaching trajectory. But I don't think it's. I don't think maybe. 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was as important. Even five years ago, maybe even three years ago, it wasn't quite as important as it is now to kind of have a game plan for how this all works because relationships have been so much more important. Winning now has become so much more important with players able to enter the transfer portal, with players able to get, you know, with players being so much more empowered, which is a really good thing for the players, which is a really good thing overall. There's a lot more player movement. You need to have kind of this this ability to build a roster still in this modern era to keep players here, to come in right from the jump and have a plan on how you're going to win. And it certainly seems like Plitza White has that going for her. Now, I did ask Mark Coyle, Gophers Athletic Director, just how much experience matters right now, how much his job has changed, how much a coach's job has changed. Here were his thoughts on that when I caught up with him after the news conference. College athletics is upside down right now. I mean, every I was in Des Moines this weekend with, you know, eight different athletic directors, eight different basketball programs, and we all talk to each other, and we all just talk about how everything is completely upside down, and you're trying to understand the new landscape with NIL, the transfer portal, and some of the changes going on. And so obviously Dawn, understanding that background and the school she's been at, working her way up through it, I mean, her knees aren't going to buckle. And, and as we all work through this thing together, as we try to get Dinkytown athletes uh, more involved uh, and more vibrant with our student-athletes, she'll play a big role in that. So, again, uh, that experience, I think, will be a huge benefit to us as we move forward. How challenging has that been for you? I mean, you've got you know, 25 coaches that have to navigate this, but you've got to navigate it for them, too. And, 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 you know, where I think the challenge comes from is a year ago, I couldn't even talk about NIL with anybody. I mean, the NCAA said, you're not allowed to talk about it, and now we can talk about it, and now I can – go have lunch or breakfast with donors and I can talk about NIL and the importance of NIL and those type of things. So again, uh, Des Moines, when I was there this week, it was a great example of whether I'm talking to Ross at Texas A&M or whoever it may be, you're just Chris Del Conte at Texas, like you're all just trying to navigate it to understand how it works, what you can do, what you can't do and those type of things. Could, so, Could you imagine if talking, like when you were here the first time at the U, could you imagine talking to boosters and just like having these kind of, I mean, like it's a well, totally I mean, different era. But. Think about seven years ago when I was hired. Yeah. You would have never talked, I mean, if Jim came here to play basketball and then you want to enter the portal, you sat a year, and now you can transfer and go play at a Big Ten institution six months later. I mean, it's it's just, again, and people have got to somehow, it's our new reality, and, and what we've all learned is the one constant is change, and we've got to embrace it. And, and again, I think Dawn's experience and her demeanor, she'll be able to handle that. And, and I know when she got to West Virginia, she had to manage some transfers there and did it well, got them to the NCAA tournament. So she'll figure it out. She'll be good for us on the side. Appreciate it. Thank okay. you. And again, a lot of those things are things that were thrown at Lindsey Whalen right in the middle of being a first-time coach who had never even been an assistant coach anywhere. Came straight from, you know, her 
all-time great playing career with the Gophers, all-time great playing career you know, after that with the Lynx, with USA Basketball, just an all-time legend as a player, but didn't have those coaching kind of chops to fall back on and got thrown COVID, got thrown you know, all, all this stuff with name, image, likeness, got thrown all the stuff with the transfer portal, a lot of things thrown at Lindsey Whalen beyond her control that, you know, a lot of things that Coyle was talking about just now that maybe didn't let her grow into the job the way that the, the way that she might have wanted to, didn't let her have the same level of success that she would have wanted to have. And so now here we are, kind of rule of opposites, a coach with a lot of experience, a coach who's been doing this you know, at a high level as a head coach for, you know, over 15 years, a coach who's been doing it, you know, for, you know, as as an assistant for a long time as well. So someone who's got a lot of experience, who knows kind of the ins and outs of how to run a program. And that's the way they're going right now. And it seems like players are excited about it. Um, had a chance in a group setting to talk to Mara Braun, one of their very talented um, freshmen, going to be sophomore next year. Here is a couple things she had to say about the process as well. It's been crazy. Um, it just that uneasiness and not knowing what's going to happen next. But, you know, we're super confident. You know, we're getting really good reassurance by everyone. We knew that Mark was going to get a good hire. So we're super excited now. What were some characteristics that you were hoping to get when they made this hire? Yeah, I think a coach with good experience, um, you know, a coach that's ready to get to work, um, competitive, you know, kind of matches, you know, what we we bring. Um, We're just excited that she does, you know, assemble that. Anything stand out from things that she said today in particular? Um, I think everything that, you know, we heard today, we kind of heard from her yesterday. So it was a lot of the same things. And, you know, you can just tell she's just so excited to get to work. And, you know, we were too, you know, we wrote up on her board before she came in, ready to get to work. So we kind of have that same same thing going on. And, you know, we're excited for practice tomorrow. Seems like she's got a little bit of a sense of humor. Is that yeah. important for a coach to Oh, have? yeah. We, we're full of personality on this team. And um, so we're really excited that she's going to be able to bring that too. And finally, last but not least, certainly another legend in the Gopher program was there on Monday as well, Rachel Bannum, uh, all-time program leading scorer, un- unbelievable career she had with the Gophers, not just for the Gophers, in the whole Big Ten and one of the leading scorers in NCAA program history. Um, now she's, you know, she's one again one of the all-time greats. She was there on uh, on Monday, so I had a chance to just chat with her a little bit about what's it going to take to get this program to the level. Everybody in you know within that program wants it to be, and uh, so here is a little bit of my conversation with Rachel Bannum as well. History with this obviously goes way back, but like how do how do you how does this program get to the point where it's it's where it wants to be? Like obviously it didn't happen with Lindsay, unfortunately, but now you got this coach in who's got yeah. this kind of track record, energy, things like that. Like how do you get this program to the point where it wants to be? I mean, realistically, we need to be we need to win. You know, we need to get to back to the NCAA tournament. I think that's kind of. I wouldn't say it's the ceiling, but, like, that's that's what the goal is, you know. You obviously want to be a really competitive team. You want to finish top of the Big Ten, win Big Ten championships. So, obviously, that's going to be in the future, and we got to, like, kind of take it day by day with that. But I think that's where we need to get back to. I mean, they kind of talked about getting back to Lindsey Whalen era. Um where you're, you know, you're making Final Four runs. So yeah. that's that's ultimately the goal. Easier said than done, of course. But when you have a young group like this that's so talented, you can do stuff like that. How tough do you think this transition was for them? Like, especially this, the freshman class that came in and was like so heralded, and like having to make a decision right away. Like, am I going to stay? Oh my do, do I? You know, the, the the coach that recruited me is leaving. Like, it's 
it was so hard. I mean, I got to see it kind of firsthand and yeah. everyone's reactions. It was really, really hard because everyone loves Lindsay. You know, you fall in love with, like, the program, your teammates, your coaches. So it's really hard. The transition is hard, and they're so young. Like, this is probably one of the hardest things they've gone through as young adults. So, But they've handled it with stri- in stride, and, you know, they were so open to meeting Dawn and getting to know her, and they really enjoyed their meeting with her. So I'm really proud of them for handling the adversity. And it's still going to be hard, but I know that Lindsay's always going to be in their life and the staff that was with her. So, But I'm proud of them. What's your impression of this new coach so far? It seems like she... She made a pretty good impression. I didn't know yeah. she had a sense of humor, so that was kind of fun I to know, see. I know. I'm all about sense of humor. So when she was cracking jokes, I was like, all right, I like her already. I think she has really good energy. She seems fun. I, I like all her answers. Like, everything she says, is she's very basketball-minded and has a high IQ, and I love that. I love just, like, talking hoops. So I'm excited just to get to know her more on that. Yeah, it was kind of fun when she was talking through, like, all the different offenses you could run. I was like, okay, I could, that was kind of nice. I know, and I like that she's kind of going to come in and see what these girls do before kind of making that decision because you do really have to adjust to the people that you're, you have in your program. So I thought that was a really good answer. Yeah. Awesome, Rachel. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So long story short, <clears throat> I think the Gophers have to hope that this is essentially Brenda Freeze in reverse, right? Brenda Freeze came to the Gophers, you know, almost 20 years ago now, um, took the job, after, and just one year later, after one NCAA tournament appearance, bolted for Maryland, a better opportunity, a place where she's been able to be a national title contender year after year after year, and she stayed there that entire time. Don Plitzawhite comes here after just one year at West Virginia. West Virginia not happy with her, by the way. You see a lot of comments on social media, player, uh, people there unhappy with the way she left there after a year, and she's, you know, you know, I don't. I think she addressed that pretty well during the news conference, saying it was just a matter of timing. That she, it was a tough decision, things like that. So I understand there's going to be some hard feelings there. The Gophers, though, they have to feel like they got the right person. They have to hope that this is a person who did have that one year there that maybe makes you a little bit nervous about whether she could take another job somewhere else at a certain point. But they have to hope that this is someone who came here thinking this was a destination job and will be here for a very long time. And could, you know, could make this program as good as, you know, if she does as well as Brenda Freeze did at Maryland or has done in Maryland, uh, everybody will be very happy. If she can come close to that, they will be happy as well. So they have to hope maybe this is a Brenda Freeze in reverse and that she is here for a long time because she is having a lot of success. All right, let's finish with the cooler. Got some Vikings thoughts. Shared a lot of them on Access Vikings with Ben Gessling and Andrew Kramer. Uh, just on Monday, that that podcast is uh, is live. You can find that wherever you get this podcast as well. But just kind of an interesting off season so far. I'm, I'm still kind of confused as to what they're doing with Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Cook. And maybe those things are going to be obsolete very soon. Maybe those, there's going to be some movement there uh, as they kind of work to create more cap room, as they kind of reshape and retool their roster overall. But, you know, Zadarius Smith still being on the roster, even though he had that $5 million kind of guarantee that hit last Friday. Dalvin Cook still being here, even though they already re-signed Alexander Madison. Those things are just kind of odd to me. Uh, I know that I'm sure they have a plan. I know they know what they're doing. I'm sure there's a long-term vision. I'm sure something is going to shake loose, but I'm surprised both of those guys are here right now, especially given you know that they've signed Marcus Davenport, a guy who looks like he's basically a ready-made replacement potentially for Zadarius Smith. So that part of it is interesting to me. The other piece that's interesting to me is that they seem to be taking a lot of kind of high ceiling, um, low floor 
moves of Davenport, a huge example of that, a guy who, if he can stay healthy, is a great athlete, a guy who was a number one overall pick, or not, not number one overall pick, first round pick that got traded up for, I think he was 14th overall um, in 2018. But, you know, they let him play out his fifth-year option, a guy who they didn't, the Saints didn't feel like was in their long-term plans. So that piece of it's interesting. You know, Byron Murphy, the corner they signed from, Arizona essentially is, you know, it's on a two-year deal technically, but it's, it's shaped mostly like a one-year deal. Prove that you're really good. Stay healthy. If you don't, they're going to cut you loose. So interesting year, kind of taking some flyers on some some high upside, you know, uh, low floor guys, trying to maybe reshape themselves a little bit, give, give themselves some more structure. Interesting that they're trying to beef up the running game, it seems like, with, with some of the moves they've made, some of the structure and some of the things that um, Kevin O'Connell's talking about. Um, obviously, you want balance. You want to be able to run the ball. But uh, I still do think they're going to throw it quite a bit. But maybe they're giving themselves some leeway for if and when a quarterback situation is different. Again, that's the big one coming up here. Kirk Cousins, no extension, just a, just a restructured contract that the, that the Vikings can technically get out of as soon as before the 2024 season. So is this going to be Kirk Cousins' final year here, or is something else going to change with his contract at some point? These are all big questions. I don't know the answers right now. I'm just a little puzzled as to where they sit at this exact moment, and I'm looking forward to seeing where things ultimately shake out. That will do it for me today. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Back at it again tomorrow.